Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Welcome, everybody. Hello. How are you today, this fine day? I'm great this fine day. It's the first time I've seen you today. <laughs> Madame. <laughs> we, uh, we we turned the heat up for you. Are you, are you cozy or do yes. you need to... No, I'm good. You, you I'm know. just vacillating between too hot and too cold. Okay. So. I understand that. I think, I think they call that menopause. I think they call it a polyester sweater is what they call oh. it. Oh. Yeah. That's the new fashion trends is polyester. Oh, it is. Yeah, but it keeps you warm. Who knew? Amazon fashion. I'm a big fan. Anyway, Very nice. Sorry, tangent. Well, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, our, our listeners appreciate that information. So we have a good guest today. Known him for a couple of years now. He's actually a neighbor here at our little office complex here. And uh, I thought it would be interesting because um, I think uh, I think he's a wealth of knowledge for our uh, uh, for our listeners. So our guest today is John McDonald, and John runs a a farmer's insurance agency called the McDonald uh, Insurance Agency. And they uh, they do a bunch of different insurance uh, products. But what we're mostly interested about, obviously, is going to be homeowners and earthquake and that sort of insurance. So uh, sorry for the long intro. Welcome, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It is nice to have you on. I think, um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think homeowners insurance is sort of an interesting product to talk about because we all have it. I mean, if you have a house, I hope you have homeowner's insurance. You certainly should. But I don't think too many people read the many, many pages of fine print and what I understand are called covered perils, which again is like legalese. But I'd love to know just just um, high level, tell us about homeowner's insurance, maybe what it covers, what it doesn't cover. What do people need to know about homeowners insurance, considering most of us aren't reading the fine print. Sure. So homeowners insurance is also known as fire insurance. So number one cause of loss is fire. Mm. Uh, we'll also pick up certain types of claims, certain types of water claims. If you've had a broken pipe or maybe an appliance overflow, also pick up wind with the issues that we're having now with the storms in California and liability for a homeowner outside your home if you're negligent for any sort of act, bodily injury, or property damage of others. That's Those are your standard homeowners coverages that you're going to be dealing with. Okay. Well, let's, can we parse those a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Well, okay. So let's, let's talk about the one that I think is interesting right now because of the winds and rains we've been having this winter. So, you know, I think of, okay, water intrusion, maybe it gets through at the periphery of your house, it floods, maybe it gets through uh, from your roof, any kind of water damage or the various kinds of water damage, are any of those covered or some of those covered? Yeah, some. So traditionally, a homeowner's policy will exclude water and then add it back in in certain circumstances. So, Sounds tricky. Um, if what well, it is, <laughs> it is. And we're getting a lot of calls right now uh-huh. about it. If water just pools against the side of your house and finds a way in, typically those are items that are not covered. If you have an old leaky roof, water just finds a way in that way. Again, not typically covered. But if you have what's known as a covered peril that causes that water to get in, which could be something along the lines of wind damage 
tearing off a shingle to the home and water entering that way, then you would be looking to have coverage triggered and pay for the water damage. What about like a tree falling on your roof and creating a Mm. chasm? A chasm. Hmm. Yeah, on a standard homeowner's policy, if <laughs> if a standard homeowner in a standard homeowner's policy, if a tree falls on the roof or falls against the home, causes damage to the home, then yes, coverage will pick up that. Oh, interesting. That's very like it's very specific. Yeah. Right? But but if an appliance leaks or you have a plumbing leak, is is that covered or not necessarily? Okay, you got to be very careful with the wording that you use. An adjuster. An insurance adjuster will be looking at the words used and the reports from the experts. If it is a slow leak, leak is a bad word in insurance. Mm. If it's a long-term leak, those are typically denied. Mm -hmm. Sudden and accidental though, pipe break, overflow, those are items traditionally covered. Yeah. I had um when my cabin flooded, which happened a few years ago. I know. I feel like I'm just always talking I've heard about this my story poor once cabin. Or twice. My poor cabin that flooded. <laughs> but there was a valve that broke under the kitchen sink. And they yeah, they were giving me a hard time trying to say that it was a slow leak. And it's like there was ex- like absolutely a broken like valve. And the plumber was like, Yeah, it just broke. It just that's just what it is. It's not it wasn't there. It wasn't pre-existing, and it was like, yeah. So that was a whole thing. I do know that yeah, they're sudden very... and accidental. That's yeah, sudden. <laughs> sudden and accidental is a key word. They have very clear clauses that talk about wear and tear or maintenance-related issues. Those are typically declines. Yeah, but sudden and accidental is what triggers coverage. So uh, we were talking to a home warranty rep. And we were talking about how like if they need to come out and they need to break open a wall to fix something that is associated with whatever they cover, the damage that's left behind from that, it's not their responsibility to have fixed. Does home insurance ever come in and assist with like repatching up a wall after some work has been done that was covered by, let's say, a home warranty policy? If it was covered by the homeowner's policy, if it was a claim that was covered, then yes, they will patch up and the access to get there. If it's just a maintenance-related issues, items that are typically picked up by a home warranty, then typically no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we covered... uh, Oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you. Flood insurance, that's a different type of product, right? We just talked about water intrusion or water sitting along, you know, along your house and getting in. Homeowner's insurance, that's flood insurance is a different kind of product, right? That's not something that's usually covered in homeowner's insurance. Is that right? Correct. Similar to earthquake, flood is a completely different policy in the state of California. It will become more prevalent from this year forward due to the heavy rains. Typically, a buyer only purchases a separate flood policy if their bank requires it. And the bank will require it if they are in a FEMA flood zone. Right. Oh, okay. So you would at least be made aware of it, which is good. If you were in a FEMA. Yeah. And, and if you if you have a loan, if you have a loan, your bank's going to require it. If you're in what's known as an A or V zone, high risk flood. Okay. And yes, but they do be remap locations. And after this most recent rainstorm, I'm sure we can probably all assume that they're going to remap certain areas and those areas will be required to have flood insurance. Right. Kind of like what's happened with fire insurance in California, um, realizing how 
with the conditions, with everything being drier, with there being so many high fire areas already, fire insurance has definitely grown in cost and it's difficult to get in a lot of places too, right? It is. And after the Thomas and Woolsey fires a few years ago, all of the carriers are trying to invest in technology and predictive modeling to see where they're, where they're exposed and where the higher fire areas are. If you're in the valley here, south of Ventura Boulevard has been tagged by a lot of carriers. On the other side of the hill, north of Sunset has been tagged by a lot of carriers as high risk. And the coverage is becoming much more expensive in those areas and sometimes difficult to get. Hmm. So are there situations where someone just cannot get fire insurance or will you always find a carrier, but it's just going to be really, really expensive? Years ago, you would always find a carrier no matter the price. Right now, there are certain instances where the homeowner will have to go to the state-run program known as the California Fair Plan if they can't find any traditional carriers to take it. And that has happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about earthquake insurance? I feel like there was a time when I remember hearing, maybe it was like closer to the last big earthquake that happened where it was hard to get earthquake insurance. But if you got it, it was really expensive. I feel like now it's sort of within reach. It's attainable. Am, Am I right that you can get it now and it's not crazy, crazy expensive? And then my follow up question is, are a lot of folks getting covered for earthquake? Sure. So the earthquake market has been one of the few items that is relatively stable over the last few years, much more so than the fire market. Yes, it can be obtained. You can either buy it through private carriers or if you're with a homeowner's policy carrier, insurance company carrier that subscribes to the California Earthquake Authority, You can purchase a policy that basically mirrors your homeowner's policy with the California Earthquake Authority. You can buy anywhere from a 5 to a 20% deductible. You can insure detailed coverage, or you can really go catastrophic for a very reasonable price. Gotcha. I want to ask you, oh, getting homeowner's coverage, trying to figure out what amount of value or money to uh, get coverage for. If you buy a $2 million house, my understanding is, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. You don't need $2 million of coverage. You kind of need coverage for the rebuild value of your house. You don't need insurance on your land. I don't, I don't think land is going anywhere, even in the case of a fire, right? So how do you establish what the valuation you want for your insurance policy? Yeah, great question. And it comes up with every realtor and lender out there. Why is my purchaser buying a home for $2 million, yet you're only insuring it for 800000 So keep in mind that we are just insuring the cost to rebuild the home with contents inside. And if you need to live at a hotel, we're not insuring the cost of the land. Right. So if there is a fire, the idea is, is that you could get paid for the amount to rebuild the home. Or if you just want to keep that money from the insurance company and sell the land, you can do that if you'd like. All of the insurance carriers now, when you're doing a quote, have a built-in cost estimator. So we will plug into our quoting system, the square footage, the zip code, the quality of the home, the construction of the home, and it will come out with an estimated cost to rebuild. Now, those are estimates. It's still the insured's obligation to choose the limit of coverage, but the carriers have done a much better job the last few years 
of requiring these estimates to ensure that nobody's insured too far below true replacement cost. Mm, that's good. Question for you about um, like if somebody is on your property and they get injured, right? Is that something that's covered by home insurance? Yes. So if there is a third party that's on your premises and they get injured, the big word here is negligence. So if the owner is negligent in any way, let's say they've got a crack in their driveway that they haven't fixed and somebody trips over that, it could be picked up under the liability portion of the homeowner's policy. And now does that apply to guests on your property or anyone, someone trespassing, let's say a gas company worker who's coming out to read your meter? (laughs) Yeah. And and we've had those claims before. Um, There was a, not going to say which delivery company it was, but there was a delivery company who came and fell down a set of stairs out front and the stairs, the handrails weren't necessarily up to code on the home and the homeowner's policy did get tagged for a large amount on the liability. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Is there, I mean, that's a crazy one, but are there other crazy claims that that you've dealt with in your career that are interesting? Oh, yeah. Some in homes, some in homeowners associations as well. We had a lady who was cleaning her gun and (laughs) lucky for her, it went off when it was facing away from her, ended up going through her wall and hitting the sprinkler line of the building and, and completely destroyed four units in the building. Whoa. water damage. Was that covered? Yeah, it was sudden was, and accidental. Yes, it was covered. <laughs> yes, it was covered. But wow. dumb, dumb people shouldn't dumb. be covered. I don't know. All right, <laughs> go on. We've always talked about the carriers at some point when they become too unprofitable, will add in some sort of stupidity clause, <laughs> but they haven't, they haven't done that yet. <laughs> stupidity. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. We've had some tough claims to hear about as well. We have had where child has fallen into a pool and drowned. And as horrible as that was, the parents of the child did end up filing a civil suit against the homeowner because the pool wasn't fenced. So we've had claims like that. Some of them are simple property damage claims that are funny. And some of them are ones that uh, lives have been lost. So revising and checking with your own insurance agents is important. Yeah. So how would you advise realtors to uh, guide their clients when it comes to home insurance? What should they be looking out for? What should they be making sure they understand or have some um, knowledge of? Right. So in the past, I think a lot of realtors could almost ballpark an estimated rate with the changing times ballparking is very dangerous right now. If you're in the middle of the valley and the home hasn't had claims, no problem. But if you're anywhere near hillside or the home has had previous claims, even if it's not with the current buyer, but a previous owner, insurance companies have databases that they can find out uh, what claims are on a property. So always best reach out to your local insurance agent, have them run a quote for you to see if the home is eligible before signing off on all those contingencies. Right. That's interesting. I don't think I don't think too many agents do that. That is really an interesting and good suggestion. Yeah. Wait, so we've definitely in escrow had people fall out of escrow because they couldn't secure oh. different types of insurances. Fire insurance being one of them, especially a couple of years ago when uh, um, they were, it was just really difficult with the companies a few years ago. That makes sense. Yeah. So wait, John, are you saying that 
like almost like a car fax, if you will. You guys look at each house and can figure out if there's been previous claims on it and what kind and, and whether maybe that house you're going to charge more because it's had claims. How does, how does that all work? Absolutely. So as insurance companies have invested more in technology, as many large corporate companies have, they are usually able to see whether a homeowner who's buying the home has had claims at previous residences, as well as the home that you're purchasing, whether they've had claims filed before as well. They all report the claims. All the insurance companies report the claims to a central database. Yeah. And those are picked up. And so you're going to make it more expensive if a homeowner keeps filing claims clearly, or if a house keeps having claims over and over again. Is that the idea? Yeah, it is. As insurance companies have turned unprofitable the last few years, they have needed to look closer at what they're writing and how much they're writing it for. So if a home has claims, price is going to be up if it's even eligible through a traditional homeowner's program. Right. That's interesting. How did you get into this this market with home insurance? How did you get into this career? What did you do before this? Oh, um, I was actually a professional soccer player. Oh, wow. Um, I did a, <laughs> I did a, uh, I had a soccer scholarship to Cal Berkeley. After Cal Berkeley, I ended up playing seven years overseas in Scotland and Northern Ireland. Wow. My mother started the Farmers Agency in 1980. And after I came back from playing overseas, it was just a nice fit. Came into the office, did some very basic data entry, and then um, took it from there. That's awesome. Family business. I like it. He was a football player. Yeah. (laughs) The soccer. Uh, Football there, soccer here. (laughs) Tell people you were a footballer. That, that, That should be impressive. Can I ask you about this? Sorry, one thing I thought we missed was, how about theft? Is theft covered in the average? homeowner's policy? Yeah. In a traditional homeowner's policy, theft is a covered peril. What you need to read the fine print about is people aren't stealing as much TVs and DVD players anymore. What they're stealing is jewelry. Almost all traditional homeowner's policies do have fine print regarding jewelry. They will limit the amount they pay for theft of jewelry. If you would like full coverage on your jewelry, you usually need to schedule what's known as a jewelry floater or a personal articles floater. And you will need to have those pieces appraised. If they're small enough, you may be able to get away with receipts, but large ticket items will need current appraisals. Yeah. Not sure I'm a big fan of the word floater for a policy. What about wraparound (laughs) policy? You like wraparound better? I don't like either of those. (laughs) A writer. I've heard of writers. That's well, you know what? Do you want to be the market disruptor who changes the terminology in the home insurance game? Don't be a floater. (laughs) (laughs) The the lingo is horrible. It does need to be changed because the (laughs) the other term for a wraparound, and this this is almost worse. They they went from one bad name to the other. The other the other term for a wraparound is a DIC. So I don't know. Where I love they came the committee that's coming up with this. <laughs> Let's. Like, uh... <laughs> it's known as a difference in conditions, uh, but I, I feel like they could have given it a, uh, a better. No, I think name. that's perfect. That's hilarious. Did you get dicked by the uh, insurance company? No. Okay, you got a floater. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. You got a floater. Okay. <laughs> um, 
John, other types of insurance products that people maybe need to think about with their realtors, condo insurance policies, little different, right? Because the association is is covering part of the uh, structure. Another fine print issue, what I would have all realtors do if they are representing a client buying into a condo complex, get a copy of the master policy coverage because there's one major item that can be missed very easily during the escrow process. A homeowners association is either going to be what's known as bare walls, where the unit owner is responsible for everything inside the wall, paint in, or a homeowners association could be known as walls in, where the HOA is going to take responsible for some of those interior items like cabinets, countertops, flooring, and fixtures. Mm. If you don't know what the master policy covers, you could leave yourself with a big gap. Yeah. That's good to know. So you need additional coverage for your interior, right? For your interior. Yeah. A unit owner can buy what's known as an HO6 policy. It would cover the traditional items like a homeowner's policy would inside contents, liability for slip and falls. But knowing what the HOA covers will help you protect those interior structural components, the cabinetry, the countertop, floor, and the fixtures. Mm, That's a good point. I assume they were all the same. So. Is there anything we missed in terms of what a, maybe what a real estate agent or broker might need to know about uh, homeowners insurance in terms of uh, advising their clients? The two big ones right now are location of the home, just due to the fire line issues, claims, whether a home's had previous claims, and valuations, just making sure that the home is covered for enough because of the significant rise in construction costs the last few years. Those are the three hot ticket items for consumers and insurance companies both. And that's easy to figure out. You go to your insurance agent during escrow and you have them do their run, do their analysis, and, uh, and they'll get you an answer, right? Yeah. Either the escrow contact or their local insurance agent can put together most of those items. They can run cost estimators if the client will take the time to sit and go through all the details of the home and the insurance companies can reach into the database for, for a claims history. But I, I think escrow companies have access to a similar database, don't they? I'm not sure. I'll have to ask about that. But you guys do it. I'm sure you probably do it all the time as well, right? For clients that are looking at purchasing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. All right. I do have Great. one other question. I heard you mention something about a reality show that you were on. <laughs> You're going to do that now, aren't you? <laughs> Tell us about what it. Was, what was it called? It was called My Cat from Hell. <laughs> um, it, it's hosted by a man named Jackson Galaxy. The idea, most people have heard of the dog whisperer. Uh-huh. He's kind of known as the cat whisperer. And my wife, unfortunately, not unfortunately that she's an animal lover. It's great that she's an animal lover. But unfortunately, she came with two cats when we got together. And cats were part of the deal. She had a cat that just did not like me. It used to toss my toothbrush in its litter box. It would be in my bag. And eventually we reached out to Jackson Galaxy for help. And the uh, downside, let's say, of getting his help is they need to film it. So they filmed it. We were, we were on my cat from hell a couple of years ago. I think the name of the episode is The Revenge of Puma, which was the name of the cat. 
And uh, yeah, we went through that process when my wife was pregnant. Did it work? I feel like a lot of the show was helping me. Yeah, thank you for pulling up the picture. (laughs) I feel like a lot of the show was helping me understand the mindset of a cat more so than getting the cat to behave like a cat. It was kind of 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a better relationship with a cat after that? Um, Yeah, I put him down shortly after. (laughs) So it worked. So it worked. Good, (laughs) good, good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we we had a better relationship. He kind of gave us some ideas on on what to do and obviously not leave my toothbrush sitting on the counter right mm. above the right. box where it made it really easy. Take away yeah. the opportunity, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he used to do a thing called elevator butt, which if you ever watch an episode of Jackson Dallas, he's pretty pretty popular where he lifts his butt and then sprays like a sprinkler. No. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yes, elevator I agree. Butt. <laughs> what was how scripted was that thing like uh being on a reality show is do they kind of tell you do this do that stand here 50 50 okay. so they put you in the situations obviously that are best for filming but it's hard to control an animal what they're going to do one of the other issues that we had was i had a little chihuahua and the dog the cat used to torment the dog cat was twice the size of the dog so oh my god they put them in the same situation walking down the hall and they did the same thing that they do every time where the cat goes after the dog and the dog walks down the hall facing the wall oh, poor thing yes that's that's crazy well that's fun you're gonna do any more reality shows <laughs> i bet you are i hope not <laughs> no i've had enough of my time on tv even though my son loves doing youtube shorts so I'm sure he's caught me on camera that I don't know about yet. (laughs) We'll find you. Yeah. We'll find you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, John. I'll see you around the water cooler here at the office. Uh, I think uh, we appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your knowledge about, about insurance for us. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.